Hello, welcome to Shaken Not Stirred. We're here today to talk about what is, in my opinion, the worst James Bond film ever made. I would argue maybe one of the worst films ever made. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I mistakenly called it the worst film ever made earlier tonight, and Alison asked me, is it, is it really the worst film ever made? And it's not the worst film ever made, <laughs> but it's a really goddamn awful film. It is pretty bad. I have notes, by the way, everybody. I don't. I couldn't bring myself to even enter into that. I got a pen out and everything. I found out I can't write anymore. It's it's uh, I can't write anymore. Well, why do it I write 100, anything? I, yeah. 126, 126 minutes of pure, unadulterated nonsense. Yeah, utter garbage from beginning to end. But With, commercially, a huge success. Absolutely. And some impressive special effects in it and all kinds of shit garbled together in no particular order or with any thought in any way at all, ever. Well, uh, Shell's just informed me that it was uh, two thumbs down from her. Good. That's a good rating. She's a sensible lady. <laughs> good rating. Good rating, he says. Yeah, it's what it deserves. Uh, budget of $34 million. And box office take of $210.3 million. It's a lot of money. I've bought it, it several times. <laughs> I think I have as well. Only as part of a set, though. I don't think I've ever individually purchased it. I did. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I was I was building a set, so it's, it's kind of forgivable in that sense. But yeah, I do I own suppose. it officially on Blu-ray and DVD. You could have just, like, found the cover and printed it out. And Yeah, but I'd know. I'd yeah, know. but no one else would. You'd never. What you wouldn't know. You'd forget because you'd never watch it. You tell me not to paint the control panels of my model planes, wouldn't you? Just because no one can see them, <laughs> I would know. I would know. Do you want to get started with this? Uh, we can start up, right. our, sync up our viewings of the film as we uh, right. watch it. I've just hit play. All right. I've just hit play. We never yeah. all that synced up, and it's we no. fall into dangerous commentary area. I'm assuming, given our pre-recording setup problems, you're not hearing Moonraker because I'm uh, not. only because I'm playing it. Well, you, you're not hearing it through <laughs> Skype. No, is no. the thing. So I have time codes for a lot of my notes, which is sort of um, there's many of them. <laughs> Many of them. I still hate this this bit with Roger Moore at the beginning, the way he has to clasp clasp his hand when he fires the gun through the barrel. I still think he looks like he's about to fall over. <laughs> yeah, when he does yeah. the spin, he's not he's not as light on his feet as Sean Connery was. Now, now, hey, love this opening bit. This is the most horrendous opening bit ever. Right, so this starts with the Moonraker, which is basically a space shuttle. Yeah, Moonraker is um, a space shuttle, and, and apparently we find out later on there's dozens of these things in the world. Yeah, there's, there's, you can't move for Moonraker space shuttles now, and it's being transported on a big 747, whatever. From NASA. From NASA. Flown by the RAF. Yeah, because that happens once mm. every never. Right, <laughs> we then cut to the internal of the space shuttle. Why are those two guys hiding in cupboards? Who else is on the space shuttle? Who are they hiding they, from? They look like beds, though. So that looks like, you know, that's where the astronauts potentially why, would sleep. Why are they there hiding mm-hmm. like that? 
That that's fucking stupid. Wouldn't you? Have, I understand you've got to hide so that they don't make the shuttle leave if there's someone blatantly on board. But once you're done, come out of your little box. Next, they're both wearing matching brown leather jackets. Is that part <laughs> of their uniform or what? Right. It's the it's the international sign for bad guy. It is the brown leather jacket. Now they they've tro- chosen to transport this spatial fully fueled up. Yep. What what no. You don't just get, yep, so it's full of rocket fuel. No, 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 in every way, no. 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 There, there is no way that when tra- when NASA transport a space shuttle to anywhere other than space, is it full of rocket fuel? So that they fly the space shuttle off the back of this 747, blowing it up. Point, another point. Space shuttles aren't planes. You can't fly them. Right, they fall. Spaceships fall. A controlled descent. Well, it's not even a controlled set. Does it? Uh, astronauts describe it as flying a brick, don't they? Yes, they do. You might want to a pause your playback because I've got a lot right. more to come before we move off these <laughs> these few shots. So they fly this thing off and destroy the thing. The plane itself. The plane has a warning light inside the thing that's clearly been bolted on that is like a, a warning saying the plane's gonna the space shuttle's gonna fly off your dead mate that because what can they do they can they get this warning hey the space shuttle's gonna fly off there's no button that says stop the space shuttle flying off it's gone you're dead it's basically a warning light they've installed to say you've got three seconds to live what <sighs> And the premise is, is that we're borrowing it. That's why the RAF have it, by the way. On a NASA aircraft. We're, we're just borrowing it. Yeah. I, I don't know for what the British would be just simply borrowing a space shuttle for. Well, you know, for popping down the intergalactic shop. That's the best answer you can come up with. That's, <laughs> that's all pointless. Let's move. So they fly off. In their space shuttle plane, fully fueled up, having hidden in cupboards for God knows how long. To be fair, we don't see it fly. We see it... Fly off. Yeah, we see it accelerate off the top of the jumbo jet without hitting it. Yes. The whole thing just pisses me off. It's it's all wrong. Now Now we cut to James Bond, and he's with a lady... Of course. Of course he is, because Roger Moore's always with a lady, even though he's looking quite old now. Yeah, there's no way she'd have gone for that whatsoever. Now, I have questions here. Uh, Clearly, the the bad guy, who is just a bad guy, we don't know. This is the end of his previous mission. We don't don't know what's going on here. (laughs) He's such an awesome bad guy. Isn't he? (laughs) With that tash and those aviator sunglasses. It's spectacular, and I love his little condom hat and everything. It's great. <laughs> and the fact that just shooting a dial means the plane is well. inoperable. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight now. I've got that, that readout's gone. So, well, um, is the, I think it's just the altimeter, isn't it? Yeah, it looks shoots. like that. Well, here's my question. Why didn't he just shoot James Bond? <laughs> As long as he's just shooting something, why did they have to come up in the plane and have the, the woman pretend to get off with him for a bit and then pull a gun on him? I've got to say, though, 
like all of this is is valid material for you to complain about. But what an awesome stunt this is about to come. I cannot argue with that. That's absolutely fine. But before that awesome stunt comes, we're going to learn that Jaws is on the aircraft. <laughs> why has, Hide, Hiding somewhere. Why, why has he not killed James Bond already? Isn't why he? was not the first thing he did when they took off was walk out of the toilet at the back, because that's blatantly the only place to hide, and I, just snap his little Roger Moore neck? This, I'd like to also ask... Why the stuntman's wig is falling off? I think when he jumps out <laughs> when he jumps out of the aircraft. Well, you try keeping a wig on and, and falling also, out of a plane. And also, why show a close up of the stuntman is jumping out of the plane instead of Roger Moore? I don't know. It's all bad. If you look at three three forty two, yeah, and just frame through it, it's not James. Yeah, it's. It's all stuntman. It's obviously not Roger Moore. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. But awesome stunt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Catch one guy, take his parachute off him, which he couldn't have done if he'd just shot him in the head when they took off. You don't even need to take off. Just get him in the plane and shoot him in the head. This film has the biggest collection of just shoot him in the head moments. Yeah. I nearly, I only remembered to start <laughs> counting them halfway through and I wasn't going to subject myself to the first half of the movie again to count no. them, but just, I, I do, I do uh, love how the stuntman grabs the other stunt guy and is smelling his bum for a good minute whilst they're tussling <laughs> in the air. Oh, there he is. Yes. He's, he's, that's how you do it. That's how you do these things. So, and then Joe's, of course, what what happens? So he gets the parachute off the bad guy, who we assume just he flies off and dies. Yeah, now. why not? Because um, no one shot him in the head. He's going to have a little ruck with Jaws, who will his parachute won't open, but he'll be fine. Yeah, of course he will. Because that that's how Jaws works. He he's just fine. All the I hate this film so much, Nick. So fucking much. It's it's awful. <laughs> Just to fill in a bit of time while I approach the opening credits, I've been reading the book. It's completely different. Oh, in every in every imaginable way. Mm. The the only thing they took from the book was the 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 name, the name, and the bad guy's name. Yeah. And other than that, it's a completely different film in every possible way. It's a much better story. It is, and also, uh, just whilst the opening credits are playing. Someone said to you, what's the theme tune to Moonraker? Oh, it is Moonraker. Yeah. Would you be able to hum it even? Like every I other would. Bond every other Bond film, you you pretty much know, but Moonraker, would you know the words? Yes, I do. You're asking the wrong person. Mm. That's the problem. I just pity the songwriter who was given the brief of we want you to write a song with the word Moonraker in it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Right. What rhymes with Moonraker? <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Some uh, Master Baker. <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, something faker. Uh, potato. 
Um, <laughs> it's yeah, amazing poor, there's a song poor, at poor. all. <laughs> you know, there's somewhere I've always been, you know, quite impressed. Like the Spy Who Loved Me, you got that into a title, yeah. into a song. Well done there. Well done there. Dr. No didn't bother with that one. Nor did they bother with Octopussy either. No. But all the others, they managed to, to get them in. Madonna did it too much. Let's <laughs> die another day. Yeah. Didn't like that one. I thought that was the worst of all the theme tunes until the uh, Jack White Alicia Keys one came out. And then that one. Did they get Quantum of Solace? They did. And again, <laughs> you didn't you didn't put that in the lyrics. Come on, <laughs> Tina Turner got Goldeneye in there. That was an awesome one. It was. I like that one. It was. It was good. A lot of it due to the fact that it's Tina Turner and she's just a legend anyway. Oh. <laughs> she was sending me messages say, of rhyming stuff <laughs> <laughs> with Moonraker. I still like Master Baker. That's, that's a good one. I've skipped forward. I have a note here at 11 minutes. Uh, this is when, just in your opening scene of, of M giving him his briefing and cues there and everything like that. They're like, we've had this space shuttle stolen, probably can't just send the police or anything. We have to, you know, because it's from NASA. So they send James Bond to go and investigate and, and give him a bit of background. Um, again, the book is much more interesting Yeah. at this point. Have you read it? What's your, do you have? Oh, I haven't read it for a long time. All right, but you have, you have consumed it. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. I, I probably, well, over ten years ago, probably was the last time I read it. But yeah, it was, it was uh, much better. It's about missile, wasn't it? Yeah, the Moonraker's a missile. I it's, actually, I'm, I'm on chapter like uh, it's fifteen or sixteen, and it's not mm. really still got to the point of what's happening in the story. We know there's a missile being fired and tested and that sort of thing, but you know, I don't know what the overarching plan is yet. But, yeah, completely different. Anyway, 11 minutes, he gets this dart gun (laughs) with darts that have poison that are lethal within 30 seconds. What was wrong with those bullets he otherwise had, which are fairly instantaneously lethal? Well, noise restraints? Silencer on gun. We know he's got silencers for guns. There's Mm. no need. This is a perfectly superfluous piece of stuff. But it's it you know it's it's hidden weaponry, isn't it? I suppose it's kind of secret agency to have a dark gun watch thing. I can forgive him that, but at least it's not flying a space shuttle. <laughs> you know, then things for me really start to take a stupid turn, and this is where you see that. They didn't put enough thought into the writing of this story whatsoever. How so, Rich? Do tell me. I will tell you this. I have notes. Um, At 14 minutes, where are we? I've just written, he's so rude. That's not (laughs) much of a note. I'm going to skip to 14 minutes and just see what happens. Oh, yeah, Drax is playing the piano, and he does the classic bad guy, I will continue playing the piano, even though I know someone's entered the room. Mm. Uh, Well, you say play the piano. Right? Is he not? <laughs> you just watched that scene again. I'm watching. I it see now. him strike one key on the piano. 
It's not quite that bad, but he's not. He's clearly no, not re- making really the noise is. that we're hearing. No, no, it really is that bad. Unless he's sticking to only the black notes. <laughs> he's clearly so he's doing not. some sort of pentatonic medley. He's clearly not a pianist. Clearly not. And I love that he's got two fishies with him. Just random women. Hello, these are two random attractive women. They have Yeah, lunch yeah with and me. they've got titles. That, I find it very odd that he's trying to be sort of the British gentry throughout the entire film. Yes, that is very odd. He's just a very odd character that they wrote. Now, we have to remember, at this point, James Bond suspects him of nothing. Mm. All we know is that the Moonraker space shuttle has been stolen and that it belonged to this dude. He's the victim. This dude built it. It didn't belong to him. He built it for the government, the US government. Right, okay. So it's... He is the last suspect in the world. Mm. He has Bond is just there for dinner, but he acts so suspiciously from the get go, <laughs> especially with these dogs. What the fuck is it with the dogs? <laughs> Who has a tureen full of raw meat rich just next people. to their piano? Rich people. That's that's what it is. That's that's what you get for having money. You get some cold meats or West Ham. I would have that. That that sounds like a good idea. You'd always see me with a ham sandwich. Right, his his right hand man, yeah, has borrowed that outfit from a previous James Bond film, hasn't he? I'm quite willing to bet that's from the set of uh, You Only Live Twice. Yeah. Well, the, it's definitely from the same wardrobe department. It probably was in You Only Live Twice. Let's be perfectly honest. That's that's not beyond the realms of possibility. And look at those high-speed dogs eating the meat as well. <laughs> Her dress is awfully low-cut as well, but we'll we'll get back to that. I'm. This is where things, like I say, get stupid. Because now James Bond's going to go on a tour of death. A tour of death. Because continuing... Drax's theme of just being a sinister motherfucker for no reason. He's now going to do the kill him kind of thing as Bond leaves the room. Why? Bond suspects him of nothing. He could have just been. He, he says, really he nice. says something like, see that some harm comes to him. It's one of those, isn't it? It's. Why? You were going to be nice to him. He would have fuck off and never bothered you again. But no. As soon as you try and kill him, if you're trying to if you're trying to s- secretly steal a a space shuttle, maybe don't kill the guy from the government who you stole it from. Exactly, when he comes to say hi. Like if you've been burgled and the police come round to your house, you don't smash in the police, dear, because <laughs> that's that's essentially what's happening here. Yeah. Now, for me, he's meeting the most ludicrous character of the entire thing Dr. Goodhead <laughs> what were they smoking that night <laughs> what were they smoking that night that mm, is, a woman it's it's like they purposefully set out to make a joke James Bond film yeah I, I, I have no explanation for this they called her Dr. Goodhead it's just so shit. 
Yeah. There's just no defense for that. They could have called her any name on the planet and they went with Goodhead. And it's, it's just so crap. I hate it when they do that. Um, and this time they had no reason to whatsoever. They could have done anything and they fucked it up. Idiots. Now they're going to kill him on a centrifuge. Which is apparently, right, in real life, mm-hmm. the the Navy, it's Navy pilots that do a lot of yeah. stuff. Because they work with NASA and stuff, don't they? Yeah. And they all report near-death experiences. And, like, you know the whole idea of seeing the tunnel of light before you die? Yeah. And all that sort of thing. That's the, your vision closing in on Yeah, itself, these guys right? get it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's quite well reported that it's, yeah, that's, it's not going to heaven or anything. It's, it's your brain giving up and all that sort of thing. And it's because these guys do it several times a day. What I find odd, <laughs> one of the things I find odd <laughs> about this film is that the fail safe function is the only thing that has two cables going into it in the control room. Yes. And also the machine operates perfectly well when you just reverse the polarity. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's all you need. In this machine they've built that can kill you. And how many <laughs> how many indicators do they need on the control panel to say the same thing? They've got this weird gauge that goes up, some sort of liquid-type gauge, and then lights that say the same thing at the top. It's very badly thought out. It's almost as if Cretins made this film. Good like, set, though. It is a great set. It looks really cool, but it's Apart from the rotary stupid. telephone dial thing. Like, why even let him get there? Why didn't they just shoot him in the head while he was in that room with just the bad guy and Drax? Because that's essentially what they wanted, isn't it? They could have just shot him in the head and been done with it there. Wouldn't have seen it coming. But no, they're going to kill him on a centrifuge. And they know... At which point, because she says it, was it something like 18 Gs is fatal? Yeah, I think Something it was, like that. And, yeah, 14 maybe. And they've built a centrifuge that goes way past that. Why, <laughs> why have you done that? Why does it need a warning thing on the dashboard? It shouldn't go fast enough to kill somebody. Like, you know it's gonna kill them. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. None of this makes any sense. I do. I I kind of like the way they edit in the the uh, flashbacks to the office with M and Q to remind the audience that that thing that they're focusing on is a dark gun. Oh, is that what they do? I've yeah. missed that, or I've forgotten it, or I've never really because it's it's like when he's passing out, he's having these flashbacks and near death experiences, like you said. Um, and it flashes back to um, the office with M and Q and the dark gun hitting the painting and blah, blah, blah. But also, how do you know to have the uh, explosive one in there and not the poison one? Exactly. That yes. would be a bad one, wouldn't it? Ah, oh, shit. Chose wrong. Yeah. Now he turned to goo in a centrifuge because he picked the poison dart. They're blowing his air, his face with an air hose, aren't they? That's That's what it is to make his face ripple like that. Yeah. Must be. Like, why does it go so far into the red when people die? Don't make that machine. Stupid NASA. Or as Strax at home. He's just got his own home centrifuge. Safety cut off. It should cut off when you go at death level. Or something. Stupid machine. 
The well, henchman looks really disappointed when he stops the machine. Well, I think that you've got to have that morbid... Oh, yeah, it's doing the flashbacks. I see ya. You've got to have that morbid curiosity of, like, will he turn to goo? Is that just a... <laughs> you know, once you've made peace with the fact that you're going to murder somebody. If that's, I'm not convinced if that's that Dr. Goodhead should be allowed back in before it stopped moving either. I've been on roller coasters. I know what happens. You keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. And, yeah, and uh, you don't step on the track. Yeah. And you don't don't step in and out when it's moving still. Why did they try and kill Bond? I, d- I don't... <sighs> I don't get it. It's fucking stupid. Oh, I've also missed that when Dr. Goodhead introduces herself, she says, I'm Dr. Goodhead from NASA. The space agency. <laughs> As if he's going to like, oh, yeah, na- that one, that NASA. Yeah. The space agency one. Now I'm jumping forward to, uh, you know, he's got to have the sneaky sex with the lady so she'll let him in the office because that's just how he operates. Yeah. Oh, my trackpad's broken. No, it's just being stupid. Sorry. Can't move anything. There's an iPhone thingy underneath. Yes, hang on. Right, so he has sex with the pretty lady by just walking into her room, by the way. Yeah, yeah. She's fine with that. And he didn't catch her in the nip or anything. So she's fine. And then He's he, a bad spy, isn't he? He's really awful. Just getting interrupted whilst he's searching through the man's desk. With his special camera. I love that camera. That, that's also a note. What they've given him a camera. Watch him take the pictures of the things he finds in the safe. He's got a camera with 007 on the front, and the middle yeah. O is the lens. Like, what? What are they doing that for? Why have they well, made him a special camera? It's a bit weird, isn't it? To you know, go. Let's emblazon your secret code on your device. Is it in case he loses it, and he needs to prove that it's his? You know what? It's weird. He's obviously a shit photographer as well because he takes like four pictures of the same thing. I don't know how the photographing documents thing works if you get very good clarity. If it's, with that. If it's film, which it would have been in these days, you can, you know, blow it up as big as you want. Right. Fair enough. So we cut now to the, the pheasant shooting scene and things get even more fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I hate this so much. This this might be the worst bit of the film, actually. Right? So you're in a field on your own now. It's just Bond and Drax. And Drax is holding a loaded double-barreled shotgun. Is he going to shoot James Bond with it? No. No. That would be far too easy. He's hidden a man in a tree. With a sniper rifle. With a sniper rifle many feet away. He's going to give a rifle to the man he's trying to kill. He's doing that now. He's giving him a loaded fucking gun. This is ridiculous. So we have the whole, the pheasants fly off. James Bond shoots and, oh, you missed Mr. Bond. Did I? And the man falls out the tree. I'd bring that up. Um, pretty I, sure it's a different guy that falls out as well. Like they couldn't get the same guy two days in a row kind of thing. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I just don't fucking... like. He doesn't mention it. He's not going to mention the fact that he's just killed a man. 
He's just a lot of that in this film. A lot of just random death. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He grins. Why? And, and Drax doesn't even attempt to cover. Like, what the fuck was he doing up there? What have you done? My God, you've just shot someone. Just, and then just oh, lets him go him. as well. Yeah. You've got, he's, and then he gives him, he's now, Drax is holding two loaded double barreled shotguns and James Bond is driving away in the back of Drax's convertible Rolls Royce. I, I don't get it at all. Now, so weird. Now, Lady with with has shown up from last night. With a golf cart. With a golf cart. Now he's pissed off at Lady from last night because she let James Bond into his office. So she must be killed. But with one of the double barreled shotguns? No. No. No, no, no. She has to run into the woods away from the dogs. I want to know what would have happened if she'd not run. They probably would have just you how, know. how would that would have played out if she just stood there? Like, if they'd ripped her apart in that field, why couldn't they have just shot her? You know, why couldn't they have just shot James Bond? She shouldn't have run. That's where it went wrong for her. And then we cut to her running in the woods, and she's blatantly wearing trainers now. (laughs) She was wearing nice high heels before, but now she's running in the woods. It's trainers, bizarrely enough, with, with socks and everything. It's quite odd, but you see them there. You do as well. And eventually the dogs catch her and eat her. Um, no one that she's been working with will inquire as to what happened to her. No. And it's really easy to find a replacement helicopter pilot. It is helicopter pilot slash PA. Hmm. Um, they're all over the place. That person, when employed, won't ask what happened to the last person. Nope. Um... So we just have to sketch all over that. That's just, it's so shit. It's so awful. It's nicely shot in the woods, though. It is. You know, all the light coming through the trees and the mist. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm missing notes here. It's all coming back to me, really, as it happens as I watch it. Um, 36 minutes. What's with the knife guy? What's with the knife guy? Oh, yes, as they try and have him assassinated on the canals of Venice when he goes past the funeral gondola and the guy comes out and tries to knife him or not just shoot him in the head. No, much better if we use those knives that can be thrown back. Yeah, we've missed the bit where Bond tries to hide behind a glass vase and he's not seen. In the museum bit where he sees Dr. Goodhead. He's like, oh, I just sneak behind this glass vase. Is it frosted glass at least? Nope. Are you typing or am I hearing your hard drive? There's a little... That's a hard drive. All right. Yeah, he's gone to the glass shop. This is... So, yeah, anyway, he's... uh, What's with the knife guy? What's with the knife guy? Kills the knife guy again. Will not think much of that. And then we eventually get to his hover gondola. (laughs) Well, you missed out the weird fellow on the bridge smoking a cigarette. He does some Benny Hill faces. Yeah. And he sees the coffin go past. Part of the whole Roger Moore thing, isn't it? You've got to have the comedy elements in for some reason. There's a lot of that in this film. A lot of it. 
I love the story in the the making of documentary that they didn't think about how gondolas weren't designed to go fast. So that on day one they just strapped a massive outboard motor to one, and it just it just watched the whole thing go to shit. It's like you can't do that. <laughs> like, oh god, the go- the chase the chase with the the what's he called the guy on who's directed the gondola who's continues to try and paddle whilst his his gondola has been chopped in half and. I hate that as well. Oh, it's just, oh, it's so cringeworthy. And then he just, then this hovercraft, right? Now, I can't figure out its means of forward propulsion, but we'll we'll skip over that. I don't understand how it's moving <laughs> forward. Um, or if, and of course, the classic guy with a bottle of wine. Oh, is it? It must be something I'm drinking. Is that in every Roger Moore one? Pretty sure it is. The double-taking pigeon, the dog watching him as he rides around the streets of Venice in his hover oh, the, gondola. The pigeon is the worst one. Oh, the painter who turns and his canvas is no longer there. It's all just awful. The weird pigeon who's... Oh, that's a double-take. It's just hateful. And apparently... And the dog... You can just do this and no one will try and stop you, by and the way. You can just drive waiter, through Venice. The waiter pouring the beer over the customer's head instead of in the glass... It's garbage. It's it's oh, it's garbage. so cringe. And and the bad guys who are still able to see him, even though he's gone around multiple corners, and just slam their hands on the boat, and oh, and off he goes. And then the bad guy falls in, but he doesn't notice that he's fall, fallen in. So off he continues whilst the bad guy's there, going, "Hey, come back to me." We're actually on the last page of my notes now. Why is that, Rich? I got pissed off with ranking notes, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, it was just too much because it's every moment in the film is a bad idea. And I was basically just writing out the script. Um, 42.15, the close encounters music to enter the room. Oh, God. Oh, there's a few of these things, isn't there? It's a real, it's almost a fourth wall break. Do you know what? When we started recording, I went, oh, it wasn't that bad. But now I'm going through it again. It's just Fucking abysmal. Um, and then, of course, a few minutes into this, where the scientists are making the poison, he causes the death of all of them and doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Like, he didn't even mean to do it. These weren't bad people that were trying to kill him. They were just scientists doing their thing. not know who they are. No. But he kills them and doesn't give a crap. Nothing. Don't bat an eyelid. It's... It's one of the darker, more twisted moments in James Bond films, I think. Yeah. Rarely does he do something so horrendous and care so little. He just watches them as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Clearly safe in the knowledge that he's all right where he is. There's that rubber seal around the door. Um, then he takes M back there, which is very yeah. weird. Never In no other Bond film... Does he Why have to take get... M somewhere to show him something? Uh, M and the minister as well. Yeah. We're, we're assuming there's poison behind there. They've got gas masks. Um, so it's, it's fucking stupid. And then... Sorry, my phone keeps going off. I was going to say, I'm not getting messages. No, it's me. I, I should reply, actually. I'm doing a show after this one, so... Uh, you know... Uh, but, yeah, at this point, in Bond's career, as long as he's been working for MI6 and how well he knows M, 
Em's finally decided that Bond's going to start making shit up. And so bollocks him because that room isn't full of dead scientists and poison anymore. What? Why did M suddenly stop believing James Bond? Well, only on the face of things, because the next scene when uh, when he goes, hmm, where do you want to go? And he goes, I want to go to, was it Rio or somewhere like that? And he goes, yes, yes, you should go to Rio. Yeah, well, I, you know what I'm guilty of? I've, we've not mentioned the uh, the fight scene with the guy with the kendo stick. No, and also they wrecked the glass museum as well. Yeah, I think it was the held the record for the most breakaway glass in a scene. Oh, did it? Something like that. Um, I have many questions about this scene. Why did this guy turn up with a big wooden stick and not a big fucking sword or a gun or any other weapon that was available to a rich bad guy he turns up with a stick in full outfit as well he's gotten ready for this he's put a helmet on and stuff (laughs) what a wuss who comes to kill james bond with a helmet on arguably a more sensible level of henchman i suppose but i i I hate it and then they smash how did he find him though don't know don't know. At least he's killed in an amusing way with a witty quip. Well, quite. I can't remember what the witty quip is. Well, it's when he crashes through the, the front <coughs> of the clock, doesn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And uh, falls onto the opera singer below or whatever. Through the piano. Through the piano. Ah, here we go. Let's have a listen and see what the witty quip was. Oh, I cut. Right. Play it again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. And then he. Goes and sleeps with Dr. Goodhead. Because why not? Because she's there. Ah, uh, this is where we find out she's CIA. With their standard issue equipment stuff. Yeah. Now, there's a line of dialogue, and I can't hear it, and I'm not going to fuck with my sound settings to try and make it work. Ah, can I put... Do I have subtitles? I wonder. Where he get, he traps himself. It's a really, really badly written line. No, when is it? I don't have subtitles. Oh, that's frustrating. It? I'll tell you what it is. He's talking about her equipment, and he starts to say, this is standard issue CIA something, and he, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult without me being able to read it or see it. Hang on. Let me... Uh, I don't see the point. Ah, oh, there it is. Not what I want to get stuck with tonight. <laughs> oh. What does he want to get stuck with tonight? I don't know. I don't, I, that's, that's a kinky thing he's clearly into mm. for this movie. I, I don't know what that is. Um, come on, say it. I think it's towards the end of the scene or, or him checking everything out. Yeah, Hang on, is it, is it a bit where he gets the radio? Why can't I hear it? That's frustrating. He's, uh, well, product placement for Dior. Oh, yeah, go on, flamethrower. That's pretty cool, though. Rather overpowering your scent. Here we go. Yeah, the handbag that's the radio. That's awful. That big, bouncy aerial. 
standard CIA equipment. And what's he say after that? And the CIA placed you the tracks, correct? I think he would say, was it something standard issue? Some, oh, bollocks. Standard issue CIA equipment, he says. Now I've remembered something wrong. We'll cut all that. Never mind. Um, the disappearing room. Yeah, the disappearing room was actually the end of my notes. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too down on it, but the the, <sighs> the next hour and 14 of the film goes pretty much the same way for me. Which is what? Badly. And, and also, hey, hang on a second. We haven't even discussed the bit where Jaws goes through the metal detector and they just let him on the plane. If you're sufficiently scary, they let you through. Yeah. That's the rule. It's the it's the hidden ones they're looking for, clearly. So uh, next time you're on a flight, just, you know, if they ask you if you've got anything sharp, like get out a really big fucking knife and they'll just let you through. <laughs> That's how it goes, clearly. You just have to be sufficiently scary to the TSA guy. Although this was before the TSA was invented, isn't it? Yeah, but they still had uh, security people, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. So then he goes to Rio, where there's another fit girl, because all the women who work for MI6 are all hot. There's yeah. no, there's no average-looking people, you know. Um, Jaws has followed him, still doesn't kill him, but it's really this bit's all about the cable car thing. Ah, which again, many problems. Jaws climbing up the cable car, um, up the wire. And stuff like that. I I don't get it. So much of this is is stupid. Um, and if you, quite frankly, if you want a better cable car fight, watch Where Eagles Dare. That's that's my advice. It's yeah. Well, uh, before the cable car fight, you get the whole strange thing where the CI the MI six. Rio girl is in the alleyway and there's a strange freaky clown coming towards her and she doesn't even do anything. Yeah, she does she's, fuck all about that, doesn't she? My God. She stands there and then goes, oh, hang on a minute. I've got a knife in my handbag, haven't I? And then Jaws plays happy mm-hmm. and then he gets dragged away by the crowd because, you know, he's fine with killing people, just not in front of other people. Yeah, it's self-consciousness, I, th- I think. He was probably always the tallest kid in his class at school. You always get singled out mm. if you like that. Yeah. You know, um, there is a, a moment where he does a standing long jump between the two cable cars. <laughs> and it's of such a distance where you think you, you would be a world-class Olympian athlete if you could really do that, Jaws. You have no reason to be a bad guy. You You could be like win many gold medals and things like that, but you don't. You waste it. It's so sad that. I also- My favourite thing, though, is when when he's about to take off, he doesn't try and jump. He just throws his arms up in the air. That's all you need to do. That's all he needs to do. I do like the shot of the cable car coming down with him in the window and stuff. That's that's all right. But, you know, this is just... And then the cable cars, of course, can crash into the building if they go too fast. Yeah, yeah. that's how they've been designed. Yeah. To, to go too fast and destroy the building. No safety equipment there whatsoever. 
Um, I also think Bond would have fallen off. Yeah. I mean, just imagine the situation. You're, imagine you're hanging onto a chain. You could probably try this out at home, listeners. <laughs> Hold onto a chain and like support your own weight from that. Then get your wife or your girlfriend or significant other to, to hang all their weight on you as well. And see how long you can hang on to that chain for. Right, here's the weird thing. He bunches the chain together and holds on to it. Why not hold on to each side of the chain? I don't know, maybe if, you, if you're supporting the or weight wrap of them around people. your hands or... Just be better, James Bond. Just be better. It's fairly shoddy of him, isn't it? It is. But Jaws is going to fall in love now. Oh, yeah. Love at first sight with someone... Very small, very blonde, complete opposite of him. Very breasty as well. She is very breasty. I was trying not to say anything, but they are right there, aren't they? Yeah. They are right there. Um, Now they're going to, they have now yet another continued failed attempt to kill James Bond. They're going to pick him up in a fake ambulance. (laughs) They could just turn up and kill them both with a nine millimeter handgun right now but they're not going to do that, even though they're in the wilderness. No one would know who'd done it. You would so get away with that murder. But uh, Who designs a stretcher with a weird... Oh, maybe it's because it's a folding stretcher. But you'd think they would check these things out before tying them to a bit of pole that is completely removable. Yeah. This is all stupid. It's, it's like children made this, and it makes me so angry. It's it's not that it's just a bad James Bond film. It's like we said, it's a shit film. That it makes no sense. The plot isn't well written. It's not thought out. There are so many questions about every single scene that you know this could just go on and on and on. And we will do. What happens next after? Oh, now the cowboy bit, and oh, it's just so shit. I'm angry with it. I don't oh, want to watch it's anymore. The miss the music from um... it's the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Unnecessary. There's so many instances in this film of them using known music. You know Weird fighting monks and then Money Penny appears again. And, and then they go round the Q gadgets. Cause there's just this is happening. You imagine the logistics and the coordination needed to have this much research going on all over the planet for no reason, by the way. Why would they need a Rio? branch of q branch but, like that <laughs> now here, here's here's something interesting right we move on to the laser gun that there's this guy's demoing quite happily without any protective eye gear or anything like that mm-hmm. fine and it melts the mannequin's head but then later on in the film the lasers just kill people they don't melt them or anything they just kill people spoiler alert well yeah I'm kind of assuming that maybe that laser was on, like, half power or further R&D was done shortly after that. That was, like, a beta <laughs> laser right, gun, okay. maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I agree with you. It's just all shit. Um, M can't have a projector screen set up in his office. He needs a special one hidden in a picture frame. Um, he's just that fucking special. And then um, there's just another excuse for a boat chase. It makes me angry, but you're right. And it is just another excuse for a boat chase. 
And I'm sure they're wearing the same outfits as, pre- as previous Bond films so they could splice film together or something. It seems so familiar. Well, that's because it's just been done so many times. And it's just, why have you even got armed boats that go there and do this? Like, And how did they spot him? Exactly. There's so and much what, wrong with it. Why has Jaws not learned by this point that he's the worst shot? How has Jaws made it as a hitman? Because that's who he is, isn't it? It's uh, it's mentioned it's briefly in, uh, is it The Spy Who Loved Me, when we first see him. And he's like the one of the world's greatest hitmen. You're like, what, what evidence have we seen of this? Because he looks like a bit of a dick to me. For a film that, that kills people r- random, a lot of these henchmen survive jumping out of boats. They do. It's a, a known way to survive a boat crash. If you jump out at the last second, you'll be fine. I also love that James Bond's spy boat is equipped with everything he needs except windows to keep him dry when the baddies miss. <laughs> they didn't think of that. Not at all. He's got a fucking torpedo. He's got a fucking paraglider in there. A spy boat. Pretty awesome. Did you hear? Have you, did you see the documentary about this this film at all? No, because no, I didn't. The moment of Jaws's boat going over the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Now, this was nineteen seventy nine. So the way you do that is you get a boat and you get a waterfall and you push and one you off the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go that well, and it's stuck on a rock just at the the top of the waterfall. And the way they figured out... I know out, what you're going to do. I yeah, know what you're going to say now. Go the, the way they figured out to go and remove this was to dangle the producer from a helicopter no. and see if he could just sort of kick it out of the way. Kick <laughs> it out of the way. I thought you were going to say they had to redo it in miniature or something. No, no, although there is a miniature shot that looks quite terrible, uh, I think. I don't know if, what if this was shot at Pinewood. I know the miniatures were... Uh, but I think this one was actually mostly shot in France. Yeah, I think it was a France uh, co-production. Right. Maybe it was just so that they had someone else to blame. I don't know. Now, Drax has a remarkably elaborate underground lair with lots of pretty girls, and they make a point of going, look, a black and an Asian girl as well. Mm. And he has a python that tries to kill James Bond, could have drowned him. Could have set him on fire, could have shot him. You say him in the he head. has a py- python, but it kind of, in some scenes, looks a bit like one of those draft excluders your great aunt used to have. I recognize it as one of the, I don't know if you've ever seen them, like big long foam finger things that kids have in swimming pools. Yeah. They're a bit like one of those noodles, they're called. Is that what they're called? I think so, yeah. Fair enough. That's the- and how is it that these, these perfect. Women yeah. are just happy to watch this guy die. One of them's grinning at it. Yeah. I don't they know. They look upset when the snake dies. And we have to remind ourselves at this point as well. Bond still had no reason to su- suspect Drax of anything until no. Drax tried to kill him so many unsuccessful times. And what's with the weird hats that the guys are wearing with the machine guns? I haven't got to Manhattan machine guns yet. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 
<laughs> they're quite hilarious, aren't they? Um, the the one thing this scene does do very well is show how huge Richard Keel was. Yes, he is enormous. Because you kind of think everyone else is tiny, but they're probably not. They're probably usual sized. And then we go into the largest home entertainment center in the world. <laughs> but random home entertainment center. They should have gone for it. They should have been like, so there's someone playing solitaire on one window. <laughs> but there's too many screens. It's too confusing. You wouldn't have that. No, you wouldn't. And all up on the ceiling. You just imagine the looking up all the time. And they all turn on as he comes in. That's the weird thing. There should be an old episode of Star Trek playing on one. Yeah, and everyone was waiting for him to come back in. Like, they were busy before he left. And then they start work. Yeah, and just like, (laughs) what's happening? Oh, he left the room. We all have to just stop for a minute. Chill out. Have a cigarette. It could be minutes. We don't know. He has got a poisonous orchid orchid in a little ball. He has. Along with his many televisions that all keep flickering and... Displaying Showing nothing. the same stuff over and over. Oh dear, it's so awful. It's just so awful. And you know, and then, and then, no, 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 no. This is this is the bit where I just. I mean, there were a few before here, but this is the main bit where I just went, "Oh fuck off!" With the four space shuttles that launch at exactly the same time, heading for the same place. That's just ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. I know. Why but... is their conference room also the room that <laughs> the flame exhaust from the space shuttle goes into? Space saving, Rich. Space saving. And why is there one grate as well? <laughs> so obviously there. I can't make sense of any of this. And do you know just... For reference, the closest anyone was to an actual space shuttle, when the the actual space shuttle took off, uh, apart from the people riding on it, was three miles. Mm. That's how close anyone gets. Really, it's three miles. Uh, the, the idea that James Bond and his lady friend just crawl away quickly from the exhaust of this space shuttle is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. They they would be incinerated immediately. I mean, the one thing I will say, I'm I'm defending this film a lot, or trying to anyway. They're pretty damn spot on with the shuttles, aren't they? But this is 1979. When when was the shuttle launched? 1979. They they are doing it justice, I think. I have to check so I don't get email that it was 1979. Because it was released in 1979. Yeah. It was mentioned that they were trying to get something to coincide with uh, um, the actual space shuttle launch. Oh, no, the space shuttle first launched in 1981. That's what I thought. I think it was delayed and maybe they thought this was going to... So the only thing they had at this point was the tests of the Enterprise, right? Yeah. Pretty much. No, they must have had one. I don't they know. They must have had one test because they've used footage from the launch for yeah they, all of this, haven't they? Yeah, you can tell because the the fuel tanks are white still, and after um, a couple of launches, they just went ah, oh, we'll save some weight and not paint them white anymore. Right. Uh, but they survived that. 
Yeah, and then all you need is an outfit of someone mm. from around. If you could just knock them out and steal their clothes, if you did that, would you give the person you'd stolen the clothes off the clothes you already had on, or would you leave them in their pants? Ooh, that's interesting. Because it's extra time and effort, isn't it, to it is. to dress an unconscious person, which I I assume takes uh, probably a good ten minutes. Yeah, but. At the same time, that's just low, isn't it? Leaving him in the pants, yeah, I suppose so. And leaving your clothes in a pile next to him. I yeah. suppose then they can get dressed when they wake up. But it's it still feels a bit tight to me, that. It's a bit convenient that they were exactly the same size as well. That you've also got that issue. And it's unisex. Yeah. Even though there's not another woman wearing a single yellow outfit in this film. No, there is. There is. There was one uh, operating the radio oh, when oh, they right. walked into the, the the room of entertainment. I sit corrected. So they get they get into space. We see some very good uh, special effects. I They're th- all right. I think um, they still make the mistake of low gravity means moving slowly, <laughs> which is annoying at this point. And um, amazing formations they get in there. Actually, the special effects are pretty good with the floating pen and clipboard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll give them that. The, yeah. The, the effects are good. Well done. There's there's a story um, in the doc about, you know, there's a big composite shot as the, 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 what is the NASA slash MI6 commando space brigade come up. <laughs> um, I, I'd have to ask someone who would know how quickly, in theory, if NASA decided we need to launch a space shuttle as quickly as possible from now, how quickly they could do that. I'm going to guess three weeks. I would guess it would be a while. You don't just go and jump in one and fly away, I d- do you? I do, I do vaguely think that maybe when I went to visit Cape Canaveral or something once, or Kennedy Space Center... Um, I'm. I think it's got to be a minimum of three weeks. I think I remember someone asking that question. But they I might just it, be making that up. It, it that doesn't feel like a crazy timeline, and that must be like a round the clock rushing, money yeah. spare no expense. We need well, to get well, this it, thing up quick. It did take three days to get the shuttle to the launch pad, didn't it? On the on, you on know the, on those crawlers, yeah. Takes a long time. Uh, to uh, Rick and the rest of Starbase 66, I'd like to apologise for our... Yeah, we're just making stuff up. But, I was going to say Rick would know this. Yeah, there are people we know who would know this. But, um, yeah, I, the fact that this this space station, they turn off the radar and NASA are like, hey, we didn't see you before. Send two guys up to take a look. And they just <sighs> do. I think they forget how telescopes work. That as well. And like... You know, if if there's light shining on something, they're going to see it. Yeah. Jaws is a good guy by this point as well. By the way. And he's taken his girlfriend with him. He has. I think it's... It, I'm kind of okay with that, you know. Because the, the premise is, as much as Jaws is a paid hitman trying to kill James Bond... Bad paid hitman. He is a yeah, bad one at that. He's still a paid hitman. And does that mean he wants everyone on Earth to die? You know, he's not in... Jaws isn't evil in the same way that Drax is evil. Jaws is 
just a hitman for hire. He doesn't want to kill everyone indiscriminately, surely. So no, I guess it kind of makes sense that he would team up with James Bond and the MI6 NASA Space Commando Brigade. You you skipped over my my favorite little cameo in this film. Oh, what? which is the uh, the Russian counterpart, uh, head of the KGB. Yes, who appears for maybe twenty seconds in his red pajamas. Yes, on the red phone with the snow outside the window. It's so Russian, isn't it? Have you got a time code for that? Sorry. Cause... Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, 1.43.26. Or 30. 1.43.30. Yes, there he is. It's it's everything in Russia in one it, scene, isn't it? And it's it's the same guy who, who's been in the previous Bond films as the head of the KGB. And, and I like it a lot that they brought him back just for that one. And that they built a set just for that one scene. Yeah. I kind of wish he had a hammer and sickle on his red pajamas. <laughs> oh, but he go, he does go to his bed where there's a beautiful woman because he's the head of the KGB. You know, you can get mm. that kind of you can get that if you if you know you just because he throws that around in bars. You know, hey, you know, I'm the head of the KGB. I've I've got to say as well the scene where the Marines drive past in the truck with Marines plastered on the side, yeah, and the launch pad safety control center. They're all looking the other way when the truck comes up. They're not even <laughs> attempting to stop that. It just goes in. It's fine. Lack security anyway. is how you get a bad guy's evil space station up there in the first place. You know? You spent all this, no one knew. No one had the faintest fucking idea. And of course... He's- now, we get to the laser fight and... oh. Well, I think it's a good job that he developed the same laser gun technology as the MI6, even mm. though at no point did he expect to be uh, This attacked. composite shot is awful. They had to run... I have written this down. Go on. So they had to make the shot... I know I'm not explaining this to you. I'm explaining this in general. Yeah, no, that's fine. So to make the shot, you film a thing, then you wind the film back through the camera... You get another model and you run the cam- the film through and film that. Oh, bit. they did it double ex- or triple exposure or whatever. They it was. did it forty eight exposure. Wow, that's why it's so grainy and shit. Which means they ran the film through the camera ninety six times. Wow, and the, it was explaining how you know that piece of film became like gold dust. It was treated like mm. it was a gift from God Himself. Uh, because one scratch on a frame and it's start the whole thing again. 1979. Hang on a minute. It was a good mm. year. Yeah, but, um, you know, Star Wars came out two years before that. Which is why James Bond ended up in space in the first place. Yeah, probably. An alien. Yeah. That was 79. You'd think they would have just asked... so. Give, Make a phone call. Hey, guy, can you give me some tips on a composite shot? You would think, but why is it? Is it bad what they did? Could it have been done better? Well, they just seem to be in very distinct groups. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, it's the you mean the spacing of the shot, the the blocking. Am I making up a word? No. 
No, no, that would do. Um, you know, he p- but actually, the the wide shots of the of the space station with the the shuttles and everything, no worse than Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, I don't know. Star Trek Next Gen was pretty good. It was, but if you look at it, like the, specifically at one fifty one fourteen. Excuse me. Yeah, it's pretty. It's all right. Yeah, it's better than I could manage. I'll give him that. I mean, how would you do it? Well, you'd use a computer of some description. Yeah, I probably would, yeah. It would never occur to you to make a model, I would imagine. No. Um, but, yeah, this is all they had. I do find it odd as well that Drax's shuttle's the only one with a laser on it, considering everyone else has got a laser on their person. It's just added to the list, you know? It's it's just one more weird thing that makes no sense. Stupid film. What do you think about how he kills him? Because he poison darts him and blows him out an airlock. But it was deadly poison, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my my favorite uh one of my favorite um gotcha moments in this is Jaws's hand over this guy's face. Um at what time is oh, this? he just grabs someone, doesn't 150, he? 150, like, massive hand just, like, completely destroys this guy's face, basically. He's so huge. He's so huge. That's that's the thing. It's crazy. Well, I, I kind of, now we've almost gotten to the end here. That's, there's just one more bit that we have to mention. There's the killing, oh. the, the satellite thing, the poison thing yeah. with the laser. Yeah, great. You managed it. There's there's a couple things we need to mention. Firstly, that Jaws and his little girlfriend survive plummeting through uh, the atmosphere. Yes, they do. Um, sorry, say that again. Say what again? Oh, sorry, I hit my I hit a button I didn't mean to hit on my control panel, and I muted everything. Oh. Sorry, I didn't. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they survive plummeting through the atmosphere, which is uh, and they make a point of saying that they survive um, when. Uh, they're in mission control or, or whatever it is. They say a, a, a large guy and a small blonde lady have survived. Well, that's that's a nice positive at the end, isn't it? Because we, is. we like Jaws at this point. Yeah. You know, so that's okay. Um, he's attempting re-entry. Oh, God, you said it. I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. <laughs> It's always uh-huh. Q that comes up with it as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Because the space shuttle re-enters the planet and he's going to shag the lady again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's got to be the worst line of those lines. <sighs> yeah. Except maybe this end credit that says, and shot on location in Italy, Brazil, Guatemala, USA, and outer space. They did not shoot that in space. That's a lie. Um, they did. Actually, I suppose technically some of it was out of space. I don't know. Just, at least it finished. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that film for another few weeks. <laughs> and they'll be on this, this film as well. Now, here's a weird one, right? Yeah. At the end of the last film, what was the last film we did? Uh, for, uh, for, um, the spine of me, for your eyes only. 
Spy You Love Spy Me. Spy You Love Me, yes. And it's- it says at the end of that, James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only, and then Moonraker happened. Yeah. And then at the end of Moonraker, it says James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. If that's not indicative of how quickly they rushed this film out, I don't know what is. Yeah, it was it was a kind of last minute thing, wasn't it? Like he's got to go into space, um, because Star Wars and stuff, um, Alien, Alien, Star Trek, yeah, everyone's doing space. James Bond in space. You can imagine someone. Going, hey guys, I got a great idea. James Bond in space. James Bond in space. That's that's probably it. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's everything is bad. Everything is bad. The fact that there are six people credited with the name Drax's girl. <laughs> they didn't even number them. <laughs> you know, just this. This is this is. Uh, I feel sorry for Ian Fleming. I do because they've kind of put his name on this by making it an official James Bond film, and he did not write this. I, I get from what I've read so far. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I get why they couldn't make it be a Bond film because he never leaves the country, and you you can't make a James Bond film where he never leaves the country. That's mental. Yeah. He's got to go to Rio and other places. Um, it, it's worth also scanning through just the number of uh, companies given commercial consideration in the closing credits. <laughs> um, by no means is product placement a recent thing, and there's your proof. Um, it's a ludicrous number of companies that are all given stuff. Um, what was I saying? No, never mind. Out of the going out of the country. Yeah, so you've got to make a, film, a James Bond film with exotic locations and many mm. women and all this sort of thing. At least he did in 1979. Um, so I, I get why they did that, but they shouldn't have done. They should have just not made this film. Really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you a couple of uh, interesting things on from the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um. Well, firstly, uh, the guys who did the visual effects were nominated for an Oscar. Well done. Um, it was nominated for the best science fiction film, right, at the Saturn, uh, the Saturn Awards. Best supporting actor for Richard Keel at the Saturn Awards. Are the Saturn Awards crap, by the way, because that the fact that they're considering this for awards. Saturn Awards is an award presented annually by the Academy of Science Fiction and Fantasy and Horror Films. To honor the top works, mainly in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Yeah, how is Richard Keel winning Best Supporting Actor? Nominated. Nominated. That's, that's because ludicrous. this was seen as a science fiction film. And you've got to think how many science fiction films. Well, clearly they didn't win that year because other stuff was out. Alien. Um, but also. Hmm. Okay. The Globe and Mail critic Jay Scott said Moonraker was second only to Goldfinger. In the first few minutes before the credits, it offers more thrills than most escapist movies provide in two hours. During the title sequence, the excitement has gone all the way up to giddy and never comes down. That man's an idiot. 
That's all I can say. That that was written by a, a fool. I think. Uh, Frank Rich of Time Magazine felt the result is a film that is irresistibly entertaining as only truly mindless spectacle can be. Those who have held out on Bond movies over 17 years may not be convinced by Moonraker, but everyone else will be. New York Times film critic called Moonraker one of the most buoyant Bond films of all. Shit! Almost everyone connected with the movie is in top form, even Mr. Moore. He's... Wow, wow. (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Here, he's an ageless, (laughs) resourceful and graceful as the character he inhabits. Wow. Wow. Did we watch the right Moonraker? Is there a different version we haven't seen? He said subsequently that the film was alongside Goldfinger, the best of the series. Wow. Gee, wow. I I don't know. I mean, there are... quite a lot of negative reviews quoted on here as well. Right. Just where where for, are you reading balance. these? So. This is this is Wikipedia. All oh, right. Just just for balance, there are oh my god. Designated the film a minor masterpiece. Oh. No. No, just no. no. And I I think we've spent an hour and 13 minutes very closely discussing why this is a bad film. Um it's I I can't argue it with anyone. It's just so bad. Yeah. It's just so bad. You should, everyone should watch it, obviously. You know, but. Yeah, Shell, Shell did not like me after watching this. No. Don't, don't make your wife watch it. She won't. She said, uh, she basically said, why did you ruin my night? (laughs) Well, I, I just wanted to make it very clear to her that I don't. I don't make you do anything, and uh, <laughs> I certainly don't make you watch it with her, you know. She's never seen the Bond film, so this is part of it. She has to watch them all in order. This is the wading through crap stage. Just this keep is, a bit This is the that. worst. Yeah. This is, this is the worst when she promised for better or for worse. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she's she's promised now, and this was this was it. <laughs> it should have been in there. And you'll watch Moonraker with him. Yes. I do. All of that. <laughs> For your eyes only is better. It it makes slightly more sense as a film and once we leave Roger Moore behind, it's it's just plain sailing then. Really? Is that his last one? Viewers your eyes only. No. No. Oh, God. No, there's several more. How many have we got? For your eyes only, Octopussy and View to a Kill. When he's really... Oh, to a... oh yeah, yeah, okay. That one's not awful. All right. It's not All awful. Right, fine. But then we're onto the Living Daylights, and that's brilliant. So, you know, we just have to wade through crap. It's... But, you see, the Living Daylights was on a uh, a list of worst Bond films. Is it? Hell, it's brilliant. It's fucking awesome. I love that film. I do. It's my favourite one. I'm not... So we've got one, two, three more... Three more... Roger Moore ones, yeah, okay. and then we're into Dalton, who I quite like as a Bond. I I really enjoy Timothy Dalton as James Bond, so I'm looking forward to those ones. This one, I'm glad we got it out of the way. I enjoyed doing it anyway. I f- I feel like after Octopussy, we're in the home stretch. Yeah, that's that's another sort of. It's not great, Octopussy. It's no, really it's not. not great, but it does have Stephen Burkoff shouting a lot with the big thing in his head. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You'd have had it sorted. That's all I think of when I see him. Is just that. Why didn't you have that? That would be like that's it. That's an outpatient procedure. That that's <laughs> that's half a day at most. Just whatever his choice. You know, it's probably still there, isn't it? Anyway, well, that's Moonraker. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. We're over it now. We're over the hump. Yeah, I'm going to go and get food now and chill out and watch another James Bond film or something. Actually, it, there's a new trailer part, boys, so I'm going to go and watch that. It's the anti-Moonraker. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back again. We'll return in for your eyes only. I think he's attempting re-entry. <laughs> ha!